Adam Crowley Show. Wow, wow, is a very nice. ESPN Pittsburgh on 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Well, we got six, and nobody else does. So, at least there's that. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. This is not a Tide ad. I am much too disheveled. Brian's back from his blood clot. Unhealthy bastard. And yes, I'm getting my belly button pierced today at 6. It is confirmed. Southside tattoo. Thank you very much. Should I really be thanking them, though? I don't want to get my belly button pierced, but I made my own bed, and now I will sleep in it. I am sorry to say, and this might be breaking news to a lot of you, that the Steelers did not win the Super Bowl last night. I was with my mom. I was with my dad. I was with my wife when I watched the game. And all of them celebrated as if the Steelers won the Super Bowl when the Patriots lost the Super Bowl. And, again, I'm sorry to inform you, the Philadelphia Eagles won that bitch. Okay? They won it. They get the Lombardi. Philadelphia got burned to the ground. Not Pittsburgh. I understand being happy New England lost. But aren't you a little tired that the Steelers aren't taking care of their own business? Wouldn't it have been nice for the Steelers to play the Philadelphia Eagles as opposed to the Patriots? We all know that that's the case. But here's the deal, people. You can be happy. But what I saw last night was sheer jubilance. And that's ridiculous. You know what's also ridiculous? This phenomena that we've seen every time a team wins a championship. They burn their city to the ground. We love our football team, but we hate everything else. Did you see all the stuff that happened in Philadelphia last night? There is still a missing... Police horse. How does that happen? They stole a damn horse! Or worse. Or worse in this regard, somebody did eat horse poop. Last time we saw that was at the Cleveland Cavaliers Championship Parade. What is that? I I don't understand. What is it about your team winning that makes you do the dumbest possible shiz? Like, eat shit. Never mind. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I tweeted this out last night and got a lot of flack. I also wrote a blog about it. How do the Eagles beat the Patriots with a backup quarterback and the Steelers can't win with a Hall of Fame quarterback? I got a lot of real response to that question. Well, it's Tomlin and Haley and Butler. The defense stuck. How about the refs? How about Shay's ears injury? Yo, I wasn't actually trying to impart any blame. I was expressing my frustration. Steelers have a bunch of talent. They got a Hall of Fame quarterback, period. The Eagles, they've got a ton of talent and a backup quarterback, period. Yet they hoisted the Lombardi and the Steelers did not. Such is life, I suppose, but it's damn frustrating. And that's where I came down. I was mad. Not at the Steelers, but kind of at the universe. The Steelers can't beat New England, but... That mouth-breathing son of a gun, not Nick Foles, Eli Manning, did it twice. Then Nick Foles, this backup son of a gun, comes in 
and he beats him. So, Ben can't. Peyton Manning really couldn't. But Nick Foles and Eli Manning could? That's the universe saying F you to all of us Steelers fans. It sucks. How about this? The Steelers have lost to New England four straight times when Ben plays. And the Steelers have lost to the Patriots eight of nine times when Brady plays. That is ridiculous. Meanwhile, the Eagles went right in, uh, pardon me, waltz right in and win with a backup. It wasn't placing blame. It wasn't being critical. It was merely a question of why the bleep don't nice things happen for the Steelers anymore. I also got a lot of this. Ha ha, Crowley, you picked the Eagles to lose. You're a douchebag. Aren't you upset that you weren't right? No, I'm never going to be upset when the New England Patriots lose a football game. I thought prior to the game that anybody who picked the Eagles was doing so only because they wanted to be a contrarian. Well, I was wrong. I didn't think the Eagles had a shot. I was wrong. People on Twitter are giving it to me good right now, telling me I was wrong. And they're saying my prediction and my tweet didn't age well. Let's iron this all out right now. The Patriots lost. That's never going to be a bad day for me. Just because I wanted them to beat Philadelphia doesn't mean that I have to be upset when they lose. Come on. It's not personal for me. It's a job. I picked the Patriots. They lost. They got what they deserved. And I didn't lose a wink of sleep about it. F Philly, though, yo. But Patriots fans, all up in arms, all bitching about ref calls and missed opportunities is delightful, no matter the circumstance. Remember how I told you that Tom Brady was the catalyst behind the Patriots and that Bill Belichick was great and still maybe the best of all time, but not as responsible as Tom Brady? Because I remember that. And last night, that's a win for Crowley. Tom Brady threw for 505 effing yards, and Bill Belichick sat his best corner who played 97.8% of the snaps all season long. That's a win for me. The Patriots lose, and I'm still right. Suck on that, peeps. But I've always said the Patriots make more mistakes than people believe them to make. And they did again last night. There's always this narrative that New England doesn't beat themselves. They don't make mistakes. Yes, they bleeping do. Tom Brady just pulls them out of stuff because he's the best ever. Last night, he did his damnedest. Can't catch the ball. But he did his damnedest to pull it out, and he couldn't because the rest of the team made too many mistakes. Bill Belichick didn't play Malcolm Butler. That was dumb. I don't care what he did. I don't care if he slept with your wife, Bill. You play that guy. They missed an extra point. They missed a field goal. The missed field goal was hilarious. Dropped snap. Then what's his face? Doinks it off the left upright. The Patriots don't make mistakes, though. Never. Never make them. They gave up 41 points! 41! They gave up 170 rushing yards! Tom Brady fumbled. That reverse on the kickoff return at the end of the game was asinine. So stupid. Teams lose against New England because they try to not play the way that they play. It's not about New England not making mistakes. It's about the team that they're playing believing New England never makes mistakes and doing things out of character that make them lose the game. The Eagles didn't fall for that. The Eagles played their game. 
During the regular season, the Eagles converted 17 fourth downs. That's the most in the National Football League. So they kept that up in the Super Bowl. They scored on fourth down on the Foles touchdown reception. Can't believe I'm saying that. And then they went for it in their own territory with six minutes left in the football game. That's balls. But that's not changing who you are. That's not changing the game plan. A lot of times, teams play scared against New England. We saw it with Atlanta. We've seen it with the Seahawks. Running the ball is a smart play, right? Well, let's throw it. They're expecting the run. (laughs) Idiots. Don't change what you do. Don't change who you are. That's how you lose. It's not about them making mistakes. It's about you thinking you can't make mistakes and playing scared. In Philly, they did not do that. How about this little bit of justice? The Eagles got the benefit of a couple of replays. Patriots fans, check out WEEI right now and Nesson where they're bitching and moaning about a couple of things. F that, you get the call every single time. It's about damn time things turn around. Corey Clemens' catch, to me, was not a catch according to the rules that are currently on the books. When he regained control of the football, his left foot stepped out of bounds. But, touchdown. That's God, baby. Zach Ertz, that play was ruled a touchdown, not an incompletion. Now, that was the right call, no doubt in my mind, but the Patriots didn't benefit from one. The Patriots got help on calls all year long. The Jesse James play was a coin flip. The Patriots got the flip. They got the flip all year long. Not in this game. And to reiterate, those Boston media jabronis are all crying and sad right now saying that Nick Foles' touchdown catch came from an illegal formation. Shut the hell up. Take your L. Sour grapes are a bad look, especially coming from New England because they got the benefit of a bunch of freaking calls this year, and they've won five championships. Shut up. Oh, yeah. Steelers fans, you should shut up, too, about this. The Ertz play was not the same as the Jesse James play. Ertz had clearly become a runner. He caught the ball. He took three steps. He cooked dinner. He had himself a beer. He unhooked a brassiere, and then he scored a touchdown. That's a touchdown. Jesse James caught the ball. Fell to his knee, extended the ball to the goal line. It's not the same. He didn't unhook a brassiere. He didn't drink a beer. He didn't cook himself dinner. He was not a runner by the definition needed. It was a technicality. James hit the ground as he caught it and then continued forward. So technically, he didn't survive the ground. Stupid, but not the same. The rule sucks, but the call was right, period. Enough. Ertz is still running, for God's sakes. Not the same play. Anybody happen to see James Harrison last night? Did he play? Was he, did he play in the game? I don't think he played in the game. Oh. oh. Actually, I'm looking at the box score right now. He did play. Oh, my God. Profound impact. Oh, wait. One solo tackle in the game. Wow. I had Steelers fans chirping in my ear on Twitter.com today and last night saying, oh, he's playing better than his stat line would indicate. Hey, Steelers fans, why are you trying to pump the guy up? Do you hate Tomlin that much? Oh, ding, ding, ding. think we found it. But he stinks. He was bad. He was falling asleep in meetings. Cut that guy. We saw yesterday he couldn't play. That's why the Steelers didn't mind letting him go. I heard a lot of this on Twitter. He's great at setting the edge. Then why did the Eagles continue to run at him? Why did the Eagles run a couple of end arounds to that side? 
Well, he pressures the quarterback. Eh. He had two pressures the entire game. Didn't affect the pocket at all. Didn't even get that participation trophy. And if they had one, that's all it would have been, a participation trophy. Because he did play in the game. His jersey did get worn out a little bit. But he didn't do a damn thing. Last night's game kind of looked like a college game, didn't it? Kind of looked like a Big 12 football game. Stan, on his show today, said, was this the most entertaining Super Bowl ever? Which means that at least a few people think that it was the most entertaining Super Bowl ever. Which leads me to this question. Why the F do all y'all hate the Big 12 football so much? All I hear is, these guys don't play defense. This league sucks. I don't know why I keep doing that voice. This league sucks. These football teams suck. You need to play a little defense. Well, clearly you don't, and clearly people liked it last night. Do you like the fact that the Super Bowl looked like a Big 12 game? I sure did. I loved it. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Who would have thought the difference in this game would have been Tom Brady dropping a pass and Nick Foles catching a pass? This is why I hate prediction radio. People sit here and they say what they think's going to happen, and I'm guilty of it too because it's what's expected of me. But me saying I don't see any way that Philadelphia wins the game is one thing. The other is, well, I think the Patriots would have won a game had Tom Brady made a catch, or Nick Foles, well, he's a better receiver, so they're going to win the game. Nobody has any idea. Anybody who predicted the Eagles to win is now going to flaunt it. They're going to flex. They're going to pat themselves on the back. They're going to give themselves a big round of applause. And, okay, I get it, but did you know Nick Foles was going to catch a touchdown? No. So, yeah, you think you're smart, but you flip the coin, you pick the Eagles, and you wound up getting rewarded. Good for you. Coming up next, Dale Lawley of DKPittsburghSports.com. He's still in frigid Minneapolis. He covered the game last night. He said he wasn't having any fun. I wonder if his mind has changed after listening to the first segment of the Crowley Show. Dale Lawley, coming up next. I'm getting my belly button pierced at 6 o'clock. It is the Crowley Show. I was so amped up in the last segment that I sat on my marbles, and I am now questionable to finish the show. Dale Lawley has probably had that happen to him before. He writes for DKPittsburghSports.com. He covered the Super Bowl last night in Minneapolis. I believe he is still there. Is that the case, Dale? Yes, I'm, I'm at the airport now, Adam. Do you have fun? At the airport? <laughs> at the game. Uh, yeah, the game was all right. Did you think it was the most entertaining Super Bowl of all time, Dale? I mean, that's, that's a pretty big statement, is it not? Um, you know, I think a lot of Steelers fans would say that the uh, the Super Bowl when the when the Steelers beat the uh, the Cardinals was pretty entertaining, no? They would, but that's why I'm asking um, you. Yeah, I mean, everybody talks. the The ones always, the ones in most recent memory are always the best of this or the best of that. Um, I mean, there have been other Super Bowls that have been as entertaining as that one. Now, that being said, you being a Big 12 football aficionado, yeah, baby. Uh, I'm sure you enjoyed the hell out of that last night because there was no defense play. It was 
Really good football as far as I'm concerned. And I'll, I'll tell you what, Dale, in the first half when they posted the statistics for the first time, there was like five minutes to go in the second quarter, and both teams had a amassed 300 yards total, and I was like, what the hell is this? It was shocking to me, because you just don't expect to see those kind of numbers put up. And then you see Matt Patricia gets hired to be the Lions head coach the day after his team gives up 41 in a Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's a typical Lions-type move. I mean, it, it, you know, that, that had been a, a not very well-kept secret for basically the last three weeks that he was going to be the guy. By the way, I had no idea how short he is. Um, I saw him after the game last night. Uh, he walked by me. And I'm like, holy mackerel. He's like tank size. He's like five foot eight. Shorter than Tim Benz or no? Uh, maybe. Well, he's definitely wider than Tim Benz. No question um, about that. You know, he's, he's maybe not quite as short as Tim, but he's not a, a big man by any means uh, other than girth. I mean, you see him on the sidelines, you think, man, that's a big dude. And he's just not. Dale, after the game, was anybody able to get any answer on why Malcolm Butler did not play? Because that is an all-time boneheaded coach's decision. I don't care if he slept with Belichick's wife. Yeah, I I don't know. I I really didn't care. My main goal was to get to James Harrison, uh, and and I did that. Um, You know, The whole Malcolm Butler thing uh, uh, was interesting, and I I thought some of the answers about that were interesting. Um, But... You know, the, the the bigger thing to me was just kind of the the whole uh, – I, I thought that, that Peterson and the Eagles did a, a nice job of attacking uh, that New England defense and making it look like it had looked early in the season. Um, they just took them to task. And by the same token, I mean, <laughs> the Patriots basically did the same things to the Eagles. I mean, they, they beat that defense up. I'm starting to wonder if defense really matters in the NFL. Yeah, it's a good question, and I talked about that a little bit in the first segment. Dale Lawley joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, One guy who didn't seem to matter very much at all is James Harrison. Does he want to continue playing, and how do you think he played in this game? Uh, He told me, and he he said it both times I talked to him this week, that he does want to continue playing. Um, I I thought he he at times did okay. Uh, He got some, some bull rushes on, and you would expect him to be able to do those things. He didn't get to the quarterback. And I, I was really surprised, though, at how poorly he played the run. Um, there were a couple of times where he set the edge and did a nice job. Uh, but outside of those couple of times, man, he just, there were a couple of times where he got pancaked, just, just put on skates and pancaked onto his back. And he missed some, you know, just whiffed on tackles. Uh, there's just no speed there anymore. And, you know, people wanting to point it and say, well, the Steelers should have played him more. Really need to watch that game tape again. He was not very good. Nobody on that on that on that uh, New England defense was very good at all. They were not. Dale Lolly joining me from DKPittsburghSports.com. About to hop a flight back home to Pittsburgh. I'm guessing you have to connect somewhere first. Yes, I am flying back into Columbus actually. And then are you driving from Columbus? Yeah. Okay, that's not a bad drive. It's a two-hour drive from my house. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Dale, uh, be safe first off. But uh, secondly. I will. Nick Foles, man, uh, th- this guy was unbelievable last night, and I-, I I don't really think there's anything else to say from me other than Nick Foles, man. Like, what the hell? Yeah, he made some throws last night that uh, really fit them into tight spaces. There was one late in the game um, over the middle that he threw to Nelson Aguilar. I'm like, wow, that that throw right there just won them the game. Uh, he fit into a, into a tight window. Uh, the-, the touchdown passes were 
just he he outbraided Brady on those throws, and you know I, I think uh, probably made himself a lot of money. He's he's under contract for the, with the Eagles next year, but this is a quarterback-starved league, and I would be shocked if somebody didn't offer the Eagles, uh, you know, at least a second and third round pick for Nick Foles. It's seven, he's, he's making $7 million a year uh, next year. Uh, that's a, that's a relative bargain and you can bring him in and he'll, he's still only 29. Um, now, you know, can he do that in a different offense? I don't know. Uh, but he, you know, he has had some success in the past. It's not like he's totally stunk his entire career. Uh, so I, I think there's, definitely some uh some possibilities there with him dale one of the reasons i didn't want to see philadelphia win since i consider myself somewhat of a steelers fan is that i feel like they're going to take off and maybe be that next dynasty not to say they're going to do what the patriots have done but they've got an opportunity to win some championships now with carson wentz and they were able to do this without carson wentz i really think this eagles team is going to be very good for a couple of years yeah, I, I wrote the same thing today that, uh, you know, I wonder if Steeler fans can, or Pittsburgh fans in general can stomach, you know, the Eagles being in that conversation every year because, uh, you look at that team, you know, Wentz is only in his second year. They were playing fantastic football. I thought they were the best team in football midseason when Wentz was healthy. And, you know, he got hurt and that kind of changed the dynamic a little bit, but they were still very good. And, you know, he was, He's he's going to be healthy next year. He's a he's a, a, a definitely one of the top uh, up and coming quarterbacks in the league. Um, there was talk that you know he was the MVP of the league before he got hurt. So you know I think that they're going to be very good. Now that being said, they do have some cap issues and they're going to have to uh, to make some tough decisions in this off season. Uh, I don't know that they're going to be able to go eight deep on their defensive line next right. year. For example, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're running backs, I believe, are all free agents, basically, after this year. So, they, I mean, they're going to have some, some tough decisions to make. But, man, they've, they've got a, a great young quarterback to build around, a guy like Fletcher Cox on defense to build around, and uh, that, that's a nice situation to be in. And, oh, by the way, you know, the rest of their division is kind of, eh, you know, what are, what are the Redskins doing? Uh, they trade for Alex Smith. Ooh, that really moves the needle. Uh, the Giants are rebuilding. Uh, you know, Dallas looks like they're kind of stuck in, in, you know, kind of, they might be the team that challenges them, but I don't think they're quite on Philadelphia's level. So, you know, the Eagles look pretty good uh, heading into next year as, as we stand here now. What do you think about the Patriots on the flip side? Because they lose both coordinators. Rob Gronkowski said after the game that he's going to have a decision to make. Uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, there were the reports of the infighting, whatever. I don't know what to believe in that instance anyhow, but is this a team that can, for the next handful of years, be a contender? I think for the next couple maybe, but beyond that, I don't know how you can really rely on them. Yeah, they're going to have to go year to year, and it's all going to depend on what happens with Brady. I mean, they don't have a backup plan right now. <laughs> they, they had one. And Brian they, Hoyer, man. Yeah, they traded, that, they traded their backup plan away, so... You know, if Brady uh, sits down with Giselle and, and she uh, orders him to retire after this year, which could happen, um, you know, she says, look, you, you're retiring. I, I want to drink wine at home instead of at the game. Um, <laughs> you know, just uh, it's done for him. So, you know, they they have to play year to year. And, you know, if, if uh, I don't I don't think Gronkowski is going to retire. I, I, I highly doubt that. But I think he's trying to get more money out of this. They've got some guys who are free agents. Uh, you know, the left tackle, Nate Solder, is a free agent. 
Um, you know, they, they've got uh, running backs that are free agents, so and they're up against the cap. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure Gronkowski, at the very least, would like a raise. I mean, he's he's the most dynamic or one of the most dynamic non-quarterbacks in the league. Uh, he's <laughs> the Eagles. They didn't defend him any better than anybody else has. He had two touchdowns in that game last night and basically did whatever he wanted to do. Um, he should probably be making more than, I think he makes $8 million a year. I mean, it's just, he, he, that guy should be making more money than that. Dale Lawley, DKPittsburghSports.com, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Covered the Super Bowl last night. As for the atmosphere, uh, it sounded on TV like it was a pro Eagles crowd. Uh, it seemed like pandemonium when that final pass fell to the ground what was the atmosphere like uh, in terms of other Super Bowls that you've been around yeah I mean you know this was the first one that I've covered that didn't involve the Steelers so I'm used to that being a very uh, pro uh, one way or the other crowd usually typically uh, pro Steelers crowd Uh, but this one was was uh, very much uh, similar to that Uh, the the chance of uh, the AGLES Chance were starting when I got there, basically at three o'clock. And there, there were thousands of people already in their seats, and, and they went on throughout the game. And, and uh, it was almost like a, a home game for Philadelphia. They showed a, uh, a bunch of Rocky clips before the Eagles went on oh out to their first defensive uh, <laughs> before their first defensive series. And the place was shaking. Um, you know, so it was, it was really interesting. Um, the, the Philadelphia fans definitely showed up for this. They're, they've overtaken the city out here of, of uh, Minneapolis like locusts. Uh, they, they picked the Mall of America clean of uh, any kind of uh, Philadelphia stuff. Uh, so it was very interesting. Last couple of things here for Dale Lolly. Dale, when that ball was in the air, when Tom Brady slipped the tackle and chucked it up, did you think it was going to be completed? Because in the back of my mind, in my heart, I thought it was. And when it ricocheted, I thought, oh, for the love of God, they're going to make a play here. I just, I really, I thought it was going to happen for them. I didn't. Um, I was actually right outside the Patriots locker room when that happened uh, by that time, and it, it, it was pretty much a done deal. Um, you, you could see the look on their faces that they kind of realized that they, it was done. That was, that was a des- that was as desperate as Mike Tomlin trying to, to uh, go onside with a couple minutes left in the game, just doesn't make any, you know. That reverse? It's the reverse. Oh, so stupid. Uh, I I didn't think Bill Belichick made mistakes, though, Dale. Yeah, and, and, you know, there were a couple, you know, the the, the pass to Brady. I mean, my God, what if if Tom Brady breaks his finger on that play? Or or at the very least, stoves. You're talking about a guy who had a big gash on his hand two weeks ago, and you're going to throw him an option pass? It's just uh, some really... Strange calls from the Patriots uh, from their sidelines. Kind of desperation a little bit, and uh, they didn't work. On, so uh, you know, nobody brings that up though. On the flip side, we, did. we damn right we did. On the flip side, the Eagles kind of did what they've been doing all season long. They were aggressive all year. They had seventeen fourth down conversions in the regular season. They weren't scared. Uh, they went for it on fourth down on their side of the field in a couple of instances, and they scored the touchdown on the pass to Nick Foles. Uh, I thought that that was a very well-coached game uh, by that coaching staff. Yeah, uh, I thought they did a really nice job. The only play I, that they did had that I uh, really kind of questioned, um, at the t- even at the time, was coming out of the uh, third quarter, the end of the third quarter, and they tried that little uh, 
I don't even know what it was, kind of a uh, little screen to, to Aguilar, and he just got blown up. Yeah, and, and, and they telegraphed it, too. I, you know, yeah. I'm watching you on TV, coming. and I, I told my wife, I said, they're blowing this thing up seven yards in the backfield. Yeah, and it, it ended up being an eight-yard loss, and then the Patriots jump offside on the uh, on the field goal attempt. You know, if they, if they don't lose the yardage on that, they get a first down, uh, assuming that the Patriots still jump offside. But, uh, you know, I thought that they, they called a very good game. Uh, it was very imaginative. Um, you know, going for it on fourth down, uh, you know, from the one uh, was really gutsy. Um, and then to come out with the play that they came out with, throwing the ball to your quarterback on fourth and one, after you'd already seen their quarterback drop one, <laughs> that takes some guts. And uh, and they pulled it off. And uh, I could, from where I was sitting at, I was actually had an end zone view. You could see that play developing. And it's like, wow, that was really nifty. And uh, they just, uh, they did a nice job. What did you think of your boy Gene Steratore? How'd the crew do? I thought they had a really good game. Uh, you know, I don't think there were any really controversial calls. I know people were talking about the the, the touchdowns, non-touchdown stuff, but you know, those are calls that are made in New York, right. and, and I thought I thought they were all correct. Uh, you know, I didn't think that they they screwed any of those up. Uh, you know, as soon as the uh, the Ertz touchdown happened, I'm like, well, I can see where people are going to try to now have to compare that to Jesse James, but Ertz took. Three steps with the right. football. It's not he's the same. Yep, exactly. Yeah, absolutely not the same. He dove. You know, he's a runner, and he dove across the goal line. That's that's a textbook uh, touchdown right there. And so, uh, other than the fact that they're both tight ends and they both lost the football after, uh, you know, when they hit the ground. Other than that, there was no comparison between those two plays. Dale, appreciate the time, man. Have a safe trip back, and we'll talk to you when you get home. All right, buddy. We'll see you later. There he goes, Dale Lolly, DK PittsburghSports.com. We just keep getting closer and closer to this belly button piercing. And I am sweating and shaking. And because I have given up alcohol for the month, there's nothing that can bring me solace. Coming up next, why the Earth's play was not the same as the Jesse James play. And my God, sweet revenge. I'll explain. It's Crowley Show. I thought I made myself pretty clear in the first segment. I asked this question on Twitter yesterday after the game. How do the Eagles beat the Patriots with a backup quarterback and the Steelers can't beat them with a Hall of Fame quarterback? I don't want literal answers. I don't care why you think the Steelers aren't able to beat the Patriots. I don't need you to rip Mike Tomlin. I don't need you to rip... Todd Haley, I don't need you to rip Keith Butler. I don't need you to rip Le'Veon Bell. I don't need you to rip Mike Mitchell. I don't need that. I have my own theories as to why the Steelers did not advance in the playoffs this year. And a lot of those people we just named, well, they're culpable. But the question wasn't asked to be answered. It was a rhetorical question born from frustration because the damn Steelers can't beat the Patriots. Those jabronis from the other side of the state with their backup quarterback just handed them their ass. It's not a question of, please tell me how this happened. It's more of me looking up to God and saying, why? How? What the bleep? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. If you want a good laugh, go to my Twitter account at underscore Adam Crowley. Like I just said, and check out today's cheese tease. Usually, the cheese tease makes you want to listen to the show. 
Today, I want you to listen to the show and watch the cheese tease at underscore Adam Crowley and laugh your head off because my head almost fell off. The head that's attached to my shoulders. It was revenge exacted by God on the New England Patriots in this game. It kind of did them in. Corey Clements' catch, to me, was not a catch according to the rules that are currently on the books. He had the ball in his hand, got a couple of feet in, ball didn't move. But as he takes his next steps, the ball does come out, slides down his ribcage, and he pins it. Once he pins it, to me, is when he gains control of the football. His one foot goes down, his next foot steps on the line. That should not be a catch. If this was week 12, that's not a catch. But it's the Super Bowl, you can't be overturning that some bitch, right? Well, the Patriots were on the other end of that all season long, where touchdowns were overturned. In this game, God, whatever God you believe in, Buddha, the woman who works at the Wendy's, over on Cochran, she's pretty cute. Allah, or if you're like me, and you believe in the one and only Jesus Christ superstar, Muhammad, whatever God you believe in, Moses, they had it out for New England yesterday, baby. Because that's not a catch. And they said it was a catch. Now, the Zach Ertz play was ruled a touchdown, not an incompletion, and they got that one right. But that, to me, is the Patriots not catching a break. Because all season long, things that should not have been reversed were reversed to benefit the Patriots. I don't think that there's a conspiracy theory there. I don't think that there's an addendum from the league that says, let's get New England to win this thing. I don't buy any of that. But they sure did get a lot of breaks this regular season. Well, not yesterday, and you know what? That's awesome. That's damn good. The Patriots aren't perfect. They need Tom Brady to be at his best. Their defense sucks. And throughout the way, throughout the season, they needed the benefit of a referee call here and there. Well, last night, Tom Brady was great. Defense sucked, and they didn't get the benefit of some calls. And that was the difference really in the game. But WEEI, the radio station that gives us laughable takes all the time, they in Boston are bitching. They're crying right now. Nesson, the New England Sports Network, they're all upset because on Nick Foles' touchdown catch, they say, they contend, that it was an illegal formation. Actually, 69 reported eligible. Nice. And I remember that because I laughed when 69 reported eligible because I'm about five years old. I looked at my dad and I said, Dad, I'm 27. At what point do I stop chuckling when I hear the number 69? My dad said, I just laughed on the inside, son. So I don't think it ever goes away. But because that happened, I now know that 69 was eligible. And it was not an illegal formation. So shut the hell up, New England. Take your L. Sour grapes are a bad look. Especially coming from a franchise that got a bunch of calls to go their way this year. And they've won five championships. So just 
shut the hell up. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Let's go to Ed in Penn Hills next up on the show. Hello, Ed. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm all right. What's up? Uh, listen, first of all, I'm glad New England lost. Them guys and cats get away with murder. But more importantly, uh, a message to Tomlin. We have to improve our second. I mean, this has been a problem for four or five years now. You got Malcolm Butler out there sitting out there. He's, yeah, what, what Belichick did to him was, 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 was so low, I can't even come up with a. It was stupid, Ed. It was the dumbest thing that they did yeah. yesterday, and they made a lot of mistakes. They made a lot, but that was the young man played every game but the Super Bowl, and he was their most valuable player back there. That's, but anyway, let me ask. No, let, let me ask. Let me ask you a question before you get to your question. Is that okay, Ed? Okay. okay yeah, that's fine. Okay, very good. I'm happy we were able to agree on that. Ed, <laughs> Antonio Brown. Yes. It's kind of been a knucklehead. Yes. Le'Veon Bell has definitely been a knucklehead. Okay. Do you think that that contributes to the Steelers not performing in the big games? I, you know what I think? I, it could contribute because it, they have, well, I don't, you know what? I, I would tend to agree with you because they got to keep things safe focused. I mean, him. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's the case, but I was wondering your opinion because I'm guessing we're going to find out soon that this Butler cat. Yeah, that he's been doing some stuff too. This cat probably was climbing the wrong tree. If you get my get my yeah, drift, I, I get that. I get that. However, um, I think that I didn't. I'm using this Butler as an example. Tomlin got to sure. get more aggressive. I would like to see Mike Mitchell going like yesterday. Yeah, me too. I mean, he needs to be going. I mean, he who would even pick him up if he got he got cut? Where could he go and start? I don't know a team that would pick him up, but you know what do I know? But more importantly, where is the focus from Tomlin to get that secondary under control? He was a secondary coach. You got Cornell Lake over there. What are those guys doing back there? Well, it's not like they haven't tried. Artie Burns and Sean Davis were picked in rounds one and two. Uh, this year, they went out, got the kid from Tennessee. He's a third round pick. Uh, they brought in Hilton, the slot corner. They've got players who they think can help them. They went out, they got Joe Hayden. That was kind of an accident. Uh, they didn't know he was going to be there, but they sure jumped in and grabbed him whenever they had the opportunity. They've addressed the secondary, and they've almost turned the whole darn thing over. You're not going to see William Gay. You're not going to see Mike Mitchell. And if those two are out and they add players in their place, which is what they'll have to do, you're going to have seen the entire secondary flip over in the last three years. So they're attempting to address it. I think the bigger issue is the fact that they're not getting consistent pressure on the quarterback. I know they set the team record in sacks, but a lot of it was against Cleveland. And I never really felt like the quarterback that they were playing was consistently under pressure. There were some games where that was the case. But it wasn't enough. The secondary looks a hell of a lot better if you get production from your outside linebackers, which they didn't. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Let's go to Devin next up. Hello, Devin. How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. How are you? All right. I just wanted to make a couple points. Um, I think that Philadelphia was the best team all season. I think in football, more than any other sport, normally the best team will win the championship. It's not like uh, the games where there's best out of seven and anything could happen. Uh, more, more often than not, the best team does win. And I think they showed you that you have to beat New England because New England's not going to beat themselves. 
Uh, Philadelphia won that game by making a critical play at a critical moment because Tom Brady once again had the ball with his team down only five points and definitely without getting that pressure probably would have took them down and scored. But that didn't happen. They were at the pad, they were able to pad on the field goal and uh, extend that lead. And um, it was just coaching, man. Like a few years ago, Nick Foles threw for 27 touchdowns and two picks, which shows that he had the talent. He was coached up correctly, and he was dropping damn. <laughs> you know what, man? You're 100% right about that, and thank you for the call. I should have seen that. A couple of years ago, when Chip Kelly was there, he was awesome. Chip Kelly, say what you want about him. He had the Eagles at 10-6 and six twice, and he took a program in Oregon and made them a national championship contender. That mf'er can coach. He can coach. Nick Foles, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. That guy can coach. Nick Foles then winds up with who? Perennial 7-9, and 8-8 eight coach Jeff Fisher, and the guy looks like ass. Not like a bad quarterback. He actually looked like an ass farting out of football. Awful. He winds up with Peterson, good coach. The guy's slanging the rock all over the place. But there are two things there that I disagree with. One is that the best team always wins in football. No, I, I don't think the best team wins in a one-game scenario circumstance as much as the best team wins in the best-of-seven circumstance. When you play seven times, the better team should be able to come out on top. You play one time, my God, anything can happen, including Nick Foles farting the football for 375 yards. The other thing, the Patriots don't beat themselves. I've never agreed with that, ever. Tom Brady makes plays They make mistakes like every other team in football. Maybe they make less, but they still make mistakes. People act like everything they do is pristine. Like if they were a doctor and they walked in, they wouldn't have to wash their damn hands before the procedure. They're not like that. They're just not. And this game was a perfect example. Yes, Philadelphia won the game by making that play at the end with Graham sacking Tom Brady. But the Patriots did a bunch of stuff in this game that... You wouldn't think the Patriots would typically do. I understand that it can happen, but you don't know. And not just you, Devin, everyone. They didn't play Malcolm Butler. That's a mistake. I don't care if Malcolm Butler burns someone at the stake. You punish him after the game. It's the Super Bowl. Don't penalize everyone for him burning someone alive. They missed an extra point. They missed a field goal. They gave up 41 points. So a lot of mistakes made on defense. They gave up 170 rushing yards, including a bunch on the side of James Harrison. Tom Brady fumbled, so he made his own mistake. And then the reverse on the final kickoff return was just stupid. It's something you don't see from the Patriots very often. Give me Tom Brady with a chance at the 25-yard line as opposed to the 10-yard line. And that's what you're worried about there. If you don't get what you think's going to happen, you're effed. You have to consider the risk-reward and... Tom Brady would have had a couple of more chucks from the 49-yard line, or maybe closer, had they not done the stupid reverse on the kickoff. They make mistakes. Their coaches do dumb things, too. Tom Brady just usually bails them out. He did everything he could in this game, but it didn't go their way. Because Nick Foles was farting touchdown passes. 412-922-2874. Let's go to Joe in Carnegie. Hello, Joe. Hey, Adam. How you doing? I'm all right. What's up? Hey, as far as the uh, Patriots go, I think there's a lot of dissension there right now, too, because uh, I think Belichick wanted to keep Garoppolo, and uh, Broderick Kraft stepped in and made him get rid of him. So uh, if you look at Brady, you're not... Hey, Joe, Joe, have you seen any movies lately? Hey, hey, listen, 
Did you see Tom Brady's passes? There are a couple ducks in there. I don't think he threw for 500 yards, Joe, and thank you for the call. You know what movie I just saw last weekend? Gumanji. <laughs> Good call, Go. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. We're going to sneak in 10 minutes of Penn's talk coming up with Brian Metzer in five minutes here on the show. I'm not going to keep him too long because the Penguins are going to go to the playoffs and they're probably going to win the damn championship. Come on. Just fast forward to April. Okay? Just fast forward to April. But we'll talk to him for 10 minutes. Did you happen to see the Ram Trucks commercial last night? I did. It was bad ass. Now, I thought Philadelphia was going to burn to the ground. It did. Back in the day, Vikings. They used to burn stuff to the ground. Pretty good at it. Back then, they didn't have Ram trucks. Now, they do. And if you didn't see the commercial, you can check it out on YouTube.com. It's the Ram Trucks page. They've got the full-length version. What you did see last night was the shortened version. Go check out the full-length version. It was real Vikings being hauled from Iceland to Minneapolis, and there was a nice twist in there. Oh, yeah, and there was an awesome version of We Will Rock You that you've never heard before. Coming up next, Metzer. Sneaking him in. It's a Crowley Show.